Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. No theme song, no bullshit. All right? Although I think I will try to throw a theme song in there. I feel like it. maybe it's necessary. Listen, for, for now, no bullshit. It's also not true. There's a lot of bullshit in this podcast. In fact, it's all bullshit. It should be called No Theme Song, All Bullshit. I'm in the Toyota Prius recording studio. You may hear a background hum. I apologize. However, i got to turn on the goddamn air conditioning because it's a million degrees. It is a heat wave here in Toronto, our first one of the year. Humidity. It's the humidity. It's not the heat. It's the humidity. And I feel like an old lady. It's the humidity. But I'll take it. I'll take it over the freezing cold. I'll tell you what. And, uh... Let's just get this out of the way. Congratulations to Pittsburgh, the city of Pittsburgh, the team of the Pittsburgh Penguins and their fans who include me. I am one of those fans. So I congratulate myself on their uh, Stanley Cup victory. It was I would hard fought. Yes. I mean, certainly it was hard fought. I just I never had a doubt. I, I don't know. As soon as the playoffs started, I was like, well, who's going to beat Crosby? He's a winner. Like everyone, everyone thought Washington, because they finished first this year, was going to beat Pittsburgh. Washington never beat Pittsburgh. They just never do it. Ovechkin, like I feel for him a little bit. You know, he's he's one of the all time great goal scorers, but he's not one of those players that makes the rest of his team better. And you need those types of guys. That's who Crosby is. He's one of those players. Like Pittsburgh have one of those. They have Malkin, and by no coincidence, Malkin's a Russian. No, there's lots of Russians who make uh, their teams better. Pavel Datsuk, fucking amazing. Igor Larionov, amazing. They make their teams better. It's just in this particular case, both these players are Russian. And um, Malkin is a great, skilled player, and he would be almost any other team's best player if he wasn't on Pittsburgh. He wins scoring races. He wins, you know, uh, heart trophies. He's one of the best in the league. And... uh, but it Crosby just elevates everyone. The rookies keep playing with him and, and score. Jake Getzel set a record for rookies with points and goals because he's playing on Crosby's line. He and the kid can score. I, I love Jake Getzel. I love him. I would marry Jake Getzel. It was great, though. I mean, as a hockey fan, again, the as I've stated before in the podcast, it's like doing well at a comedy show. If I do well at a comedy show, I'm not elated. I'm just relieved because anything other than doing extremely well is uh, infuriating. It just you can't live with yourself. Well, at least I can't. I'm not one of those sociopath comedians who just get done. Yeah, I killed. Oh, I just killed. It's like, no, you bombed. You bombed for 45 minutes. Did you not know that? Oh, no, it was awesome. I'm not one of those guys. And uh, hockey is the same thing. I'm cheering for Pittsburgh because I love greatness. All right. Sidney Crosby, people don't realize they're starting to realize now he won a second consecutive Art Ross trophy. Uh, no, sorry, not Art Ross. Uh, second consecutive um, uh, Con Smythe for most valuable player in the playoffs. And, uh, you know, that's only three people have ever done that. I don't know who the other two are, but uh, it's probably Gretzky and I don't know. Lemieux, Maurice Richard, Ken Dryden. I don't know. Some somebody. But uh, that's rarefied air right there. Crosby is, when, when you look at his numbers and you look at what he's done and the trophies and the, the cups and the Canada 
cups or whatever the Olympic gold medals and what it just everything. The guy's a friggin' winner. He's just a winner. He's like the opposite of Mark Bennett. No, I'm not a look, guys. I'm not here. I'm not here to cut myself down. Uh, but I do feel I do feel a bit of a disconnect between winning right now and myself. And I mean winning in the Charlie Sheen sense, you know, like your uh like that you're conquering the world. I don't feel like I'm conquering the world and I'm going to I'm going to cut myself some slack. All right. Dear podcast listener, I'm going to cut myself some slack and I'll tell you why. It's uh I got the bone disease, right? I can always I can always hide behind having a disease. You have a disease, I mean my God, what can anyone say to you? Hey, you know, I, I don't feel great right now because my bones have fallen apart and I find it difficult to move around. You know, that's some, that's some major sympathy, major empathy from a person across the, across the aisle from you. They're looking at you going, oh, geez, I didn't know. Oh, my. Yeah, whatever, whatever excuse you want to give yourself. That's good with me because your bones are gone. Now I, uh, but the thing is, while yes, that's a it's a it's a shitty uh, bone thing, but it's it's not that detrimental to living my daily life. I find my energy levels really low, but I don't know if that has anything to do with the bones. It just may be my lazy piece of shit genes, but we'll see. We'll see if they fix these bones. And I imagine if I get energy. Oh, my God. It's such a fantasy of mine to wake up in the day and feel like moving. Oh, Jesus Christ. That'll be the day. And the other excuse I'm going to give myself is that I have a baby. And I just, I mean, what can you say? You, you love the shit out of a baby. It's, I don't care about anything else. And that's a bit of a problem <laughs> because I just, I, I, everything's on the back burner. And as I'll just focus on this baby and I'll start booking stand-up shows later. Like, when later? He's always going to be a person. He's always, you know, he's going to be around. I'm not going to be able to book stand-up shows when he goes off to college. That's too long of a gap. And I've I've basically gone dark in the comedy world uh, for the past, I would say, four or five months. Because I'm just focused on the kid and then the fact that I have to stay home with the baby... Um, I coming up in August, I'm just always thinking, well, look, that's like a nine to five thing. And, uh, and then Sarah will come home at five o'clock and maybe I'll go to a comedy show here and there, but it's just, I can't look at it that way. I've got to start actually, you know, I don't know, getting, getting in gear again, but see those two, those two things combined have, um, encouraged me to just take the foot off the gas. You can't take your foot off the gas like the Pittsburgh Penguins. You uh, you got to you got to you got to be gunning it all the time. Offense, offense, offense. If you don't play the offense, you're like the Washington Capitals and you just get unceremoniously booted out of the playoffs. And that that is what will happen to me. I will say this about Pittsburgh. Why the hatred for Sidney Crosby? I mean, is it just because he's the best? And people just hate that. I find it very weird. These, this Canadian, you know, all the uh, hockey is is huge in Canada. Canada considers hockey its sport. I'm sure Sweden and Finland and Russia would beg to differ, but hockey 
all the all Canadians think hockey's theirs. And you know, to be fair, the majority of the hockey players in the world have been Canadian. Uh, we generally were were the strongest hockey nation, generally speaking. And um, here we have a once in a generation player, a guy, the best hockey player since probably Mario Lemieux, and he's Canadian. He's well mannered. You know, he does Tim Hortons commercials for fuck's sake. He he's good to children. Like he stays after practice and after games to sign autographs for as many kids are. People talk about him getting off the bus in the in the middle of the night when kids are surrounding the bus, realizing, "Oh, Sidney Crosby's there." Just get off and sign autographs for an hour and a half. I don't know how all the other people on the bus feel about that. Maybe they're pissed off. His teammates, I don't know, but um, he's a good dude, and and. And he's a great hockey player, and he's Canadian, and I all I hear across Canada is visceral hatred for him. I just, I don't understand that shit. I don't. It does it happen to all the greats? I know Wayne Gretzky. He got his he got his fair share. You know, people said he was whiny and complainy, and the refs and the NHL are always on his side. Marilyn Mew, They used to say, "Oh, he's lazy. He's a lazy hockey player. Never trains. Never skates backwards." You know. That's just maybe that's just what happens with all all the really great hockey players. And maybe it happened to Bobby Orr too. I don't know. I wasn't around back then. But I do say I, I used to hate Lemieux myself, Mary Lemieux. I love him now, the owner of Pittsburgh Penguins. But it's just it's one of my great regrets in life that I was a young person in and loving hockey. Okay, I just got interrupted by someone walking past the recording studio. But I'm back now, and I was talking about Mario Lemieux, like me regretting hating him so much. I was, so I was a kid, so and I loved Wayne Gretzky, you know, because I've always loved greatness, guys. I've always loved greatness, and the idea that there was a guy who was almost as good, maybe arguably as good as Wayne Gretzky. Oh, did I hate that? He almost broke Wayne Gretzky's very, very difficult streak to break of uh, of. Uh, consecutive points, a point streak of, I don't know what it was. I think Gretzky had uh, uh, 56, 56, and Lemieux got like 49. He was getting really close, and and then he got injured or some shit like that. Oh, and I was relieved. That's just a terrible way to be. Here, instead, I could have, I was watching the greatest thing that ever happened in sports. You know, the two greatest hockey players of all time, quite arguably are playing in the same era and I was watching it I was I was watching every game that they would broadcast it wasn't like today they'd give you one game a week and you know maybe you'd get to see Edmonton where where uh Wayne Gretzky played you'd never see Lemieux except for the playoffs because he's in Pittsburgh but nowadays you get to watch fucking everything which is fantastic can I just have a shout out to the PVR Loving the PVR, the whole recording TV, pausing live TV. It's just, it has enabled me to live my life. It's the whole reason I got married. Because I, w- I knew, no matter what, no matter what bullshit my wife was going to drag me out on, apple picking or basket weaving or who knows what, having a baby, I knew that I would be able to pause TV or record the thing I wanted to see, or see it on demand. Oh, my God. I don't know how people survived before. Like, the idea 
that you get to just, that you have to watch things as they happen. And when I was young, that was the way it was. You watched Friends uh, Thursday at, at 8, I think. I think it was 8 o'clock on NBC. 9.30 Newfoundland time where I grew up. And you, if you missed it, forget about it. You got diarrhea? Too bad. You will never see that episode of Friends again. And it's just, and then you go back to school the next day, and everyone's like, oh, and then Chandler said this, and he was stuck in the vestibule with Jill Goodacre. And you're like, no, I had diarrhea. I didn't say it. Now, my God, doesn't matter. You can have diarrhea all day. You just, you just watch it on Netflix. It's, uh, it's just such a better world to live in. It's what I always wanted. I've always wanted things like that. I wanted to be able to, I used to say it when I was young, I just want to be able to watch TV and movies when I want to watch it all of the time on any kind of screen. I had, I was inventing smartphones in my brain. That's what I want. I kept saying, because I used to have these uh, pocket organizers, you know, and all you could do is fill in your calendar. And I would say, imagine if you could watch TV on these things. That's what I wanted. And now you fucking can Oh, I should have patented all those ideas. I would have been rich. Maybe Steve Jobs, maybe he was hanging out in the Goulds, Newfoundland. He was listening to a a nine-year-old talking about all these devices. And he was like, you know what I need to invent? The iPod. Fucking Steve Jobs. Stealing my ideas. And you may be saying, yeah, but Mark, you know, they had VHSs. They had betas. You could use a tape. You could tape them, you know, the TV shows. But here's the thing. Those tapes, they had a finite amount of time, like six hours, you know, and and, you had, and the quality was degraded. So half the time, like if it was a hockey game, which is like three hours, sometimes goes into overtime, you're going to miss the whole fucking thing. You miss the overtime because your tape runs out. And then, and then I, I've always been just not a fan of not being able to get the optimum quality. I want to see it. As clearly as I can. So this day and age, this is this is for me. This is my time. Can't imagine what the future's going to be like, these fucking kids. They'll be able to sit down on the set of Friends, put on their virtual glasses, sit on a chair, probably interact with Chandler Bing. Probably, that's probably what you'll be able to do. They'll somehow manufacture a bunch of androids like Westworld. You'll be able to sit down with Monica, have sex with... What's her name? Jennifer Aniston. What's Jennifer Aniston's name on the show? Rosie? (laughs) That can't be it. That can't be it. Uh, The Rachel. The Rachel haircut. Right. You're going to have sex with Rachel? Man, oh man. I mean, she's still a beautiful woman. But back in the day, you know, when she had that extra bit of pudge to her, you know, now she's she's ripped. And I look and I, I hats off to her. She's uh, not a spring chicken, not a young lady, and she still looks amazing. But I liked it when she was carrying a little extra weight. I'm not going to lie. And now I will get into the title of the podcast. I'm assuming I'm going to title it something like this. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Ladies and gentlemen, I may be forming a temporary alliance with my mortal enemy. I actually, I told my wife this story, and uh, I tried to make it dramatic like that. I set it up, and I got back from the gym. I said, Sarah, 
guess what? The enemy of my enemy is, and then she said, my best friend. <laughs> it's like, not your best friend. It's, it's like a 13th century phrase, maybe earlier. I don't know when this originated, but it certainly wasn't. The enemy of my enemy is my bestie. Is my bestie. But it's beardy. Long time listeners of the podcast. What are we in episode 29 now? Long time listeners of the podcast know that beardy. I mean, this is this is a guy that I would fight to the death if my bones weren't disappearing. I'd fight him to the death. Well, I wouldn't take it that far, but he just, he doesn't, he, he's the, um, what are you, personal trainer manager at the gym. And even though he doesn't look like a personal trainer in any way, shape, or form, it looks like he doesn't even know where the local gym is, let alone being the manager of the personal trainers. It's a very odd situation and he's been he's been a real dick to um to my crew at the gym nick the bodybuilder you know he was a he was a real dick to him steve the great canadian athlete hisham the egyptian prison guard these guys we we've had our trouble with beardy but here's the thing what our local gym is doing is they're closing down the child minding facility attached to their gym and that of all the fucking luck this thing's been going on for years and now i get a little rug rat and i'm going to be staying home in the daytime and it was a perfect situation the gym i always go to i was going to go drop the kid off there go do a workout for an hour and a half or so maybe take a shower you know even though i don't i don't really love the idea of doing that at the gym but but maybe that's what I was going to do. And then I would take the baby back home and we continue on with our day. It was just great. It would give him a little interaction with some other little kids probably who were also being there while their parents were in getting ripped. You know, and uh, they just closed the fucking thing down. No, no explanation. They just said they wanted a meditation room. And so I am beside myself with anger. And I, um, first person I see is Beardy. When I walk into the gym and I know this news and first he's all defensive. He's like, Oh, what, what, what do you want? Cause he knows our history. He knows we're mortal enemies. And, um, I say, Hey, this child mining thing. And he was like, dude, don't get me started. And it was the face of we're friends now. It's like, it's like Superman and Lex Luthor form a temporary alliance. You know, like to, to face Galactica. I'm not a I'm not a comic book nerd, so I am hoping all of that worked out. I know Lex Luthor and Superman are enemies. I don't know if Galactica is even a thing, and if so, if he's a Marvel or a DC guy. Either way, I'll be doing a podcast about comic books and superhero movies uh, in June, June 17th or something like that, and uh, I'm a little bit worried. Because I think they're going to want to go in-depth on the old comic books. And I, uh, I mean, I'm a douche, but I'm not a nerd. You know? It's the thing is, nerds are cool these days. I'm not going to get into that. Let's let's just go back to Beardy. So, Beardy's like, they didn't tell me about it. They didn't consult me. And I got to tell you, I'm, I'm angry. You know? I'm, uh, 
you know, they they should consult the manager and see he's his feathers are ruffled because he's he thought he was a big shot, and then no one's consulted him on this decision. Now Beardy has a right to be angry because the trainers, a lot of their clients in the daytime are people who have kids, you know, and they're home on mat leave, or maybe they just they don't work in the daytime, you know, and their significant other is off, you know, making the money, or maybe they're comedians. I don't know. Maybe they just work in the nighttime, like myself. Either way, from like nine to one, when the when the child minding is open, the trainers their their clients are there because they can drop their little pieces of shit off at the fucking thing. And now, so he's saying we're going to lose a huge amount of business. You know, that's not good for the for the gym. I said, no, Beardy, it is not good for the gym. So we're uh, we're besties, and um, I haven't told Nick the bodybuilder that Beardy is now my best friend, but I think he'll understand. No, I mean the guy's still he's still such a douchebag. Jesus Christ! Like the I gotta get I gotta get this out of the way. Even though we're we're formed, we have formed a temporary alliance. Just just before the day before that happened, I he was in the gym. He was doing deadlifts, you know. And it's deadlifts is a movement that you can put a lot of weight on, you know. And uh, it looks fairly impressive when you're doing deadlifts. And and what Beardy was lifting was not nothing. It was pretty good. In fact, it was way better than I imagined he could have done. You know, he doesn't look like he could lift any weights, but he was doing a he he was putting on a, a fair amount for the deadlift. But I guess he felt people weren't paying enough attention to the deadlifting display he was putting on. So he started just like grunting like crazy. And it's just me in the gym in terms of our crew, the the mortal enemies. Now, maybe he has other enemies in the gym. Probably he does. But I was definitely the only one of uh, the most recent group of enemies he has made. So I'm pretty sure it was for my benefit, you know? Just the, yeah, and, and just, let me tell you something. Here's a little tip for you. If you're going to the gym and you don't want to look like a friggin' idiot, don't scream. Don't scream out loud. I think that that is, goes without saying to anyone who's not a complete moron. Just don't scream at the top of your lungs. Go ahead and grunt if things are difficult, sure. But, you know... Keep a lid on it. You're not trying to fucking win the Olympics. You know? You're not Sidney Crosby scoring the overtime winning goal. And even then, you don't hear him grunting. You just, what you want to do when you're at the gym is you, you do your set, don't scream, and then just take a seat and then, like, uh, catch your breath. You know, look down at the floor and you know, don't just... Because what Beardy does, he screams, drops the weight, and then like struts off super fast. You know that type of uh, that uh, that the type of walking that people do, that run walk, where they look like they got a, something up their ass, and he just strutting around and whipping his head to see who's looking at him. It's just fucking Jesus Christ. Oh, this alliance will be very temporary. And speaking of the child, uh, turns out he knows what we're saying 
it, what happened was uh, Sarah's mother was over for uh, a couple weeks. She's uh, from, from Africa. She came over and uh, originally from Toronto, for those of you who don't know the history. She's, uh, I say Africa, but she's really just some Canadian white lady. Every, everybody who sees myself and Sarah, Sarah's half Egyptian, and she looks half Egyptian. And I look like uh, I have only eaten potatoes in Ireland since uh, I was born. So her mom, actually, everyone thinks her mom is my mom, you know, when we go out. When we say, you know, this is the baby's grandmother. And they're like, oh, and they point at me. Oh, your mom's in town? I'm like, nope. No, that's her mom. Anyway, she was here making me fat as shit. Like, just, it was very nice of her. Every day she'd get me a pan chocolat. You know, that's what she called them. They're chocolate croissants. But Sarah and her mom call it pan chocolat. And uh, I just, this thing just is wrapped around my hips now. For three weeks, a pan chocolat. And it added up. I am a fat piece of shit. So now I'm at the gym. I'm at the gym too much. Like This podcast probably sucks because I am out of it. I've got vertigo or some shit. I'm dizzy as fuck. And uh, I think it's because I've worked out 13 of the last 14 days. And just because I'm trying to get rid of this horrific spare tire I have, which I think has been is mostly pan chocolat. Pan chocolat. But anyway, her mother was over. And her her mother was saying that Sam, the baby, he uh, he knows where his he, that he his favorite penguin Waddles Waddles the penguin is uh, he when she says where's Waddles he he knows where the penguin is and we're like ow oh, you old bat you don't know you crazy old coot you don't know shit we know our baby and he's a blob and he don't know nothing. Anyway, the day after she leaves, uh, my wife says to him, Oué ton penguin, which is French, because she speaks French to the baby. She wants the baby to be bilingual. And it's, where is the penguin? For those of you who did not figure that out. And uh, he just went over and got his goddamn penguin. And I was like, oh, this is terrible news. Because if he knows what we're saying, I should not have been saying a lot of the things I've been saying. Like I've been, I've been cursing and swearing, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm negative. I'm insulting everybody around. I'm racist, you know. Think about all the racist comments. <laughs> no, I didn't make any racist comments, but I am, I, I have been crude, uh, in probably in efforts to be funny, you know. Swearing, maybe swearing, watching a hockey game. Oh man, this baby knows everything we've been saying. But uh, he really does, too, because he, he, he also has a stuffed elephant. So when I freak out, I realize he, he, he actually went and got the penguin. I said, Oué ton elephant. Where's your elephant? And that was a perfect accent, guys. Fucking perfect. Oué ton elephant. I'm a little worried about that. You know, I'm trying my best to, to help Sarah teach the baby French. You know, I'm just, I'm trying to say as much French as I can, but my accent is so bad, you know. It's so bad. But it's weird, because I can kind of do accents, but I, but it's, you can't do it when you're speaking the French. Like, I could do a French accent, uh, hello, monsieur, how are you? How are you today? You know, but I can't, if I'm actually speaking French, and I go, hey, comment ça va? 
Almost like that. Apparently, it doesn't sound right. You can, I can do joke accents, but I can't do real accents, which is actually another thing. I was doing, um, I was reading his Grover book in different accents because my wife wanted me to. And uh, I started doing Schwarzenegger. You know that exaggerated, ah, get the chapel. I started reading the Grover book. Like, do not turn the page. There's a monster at the end of the page. And so as the monster at the end of this book is a great book, by the way. Pick it up. Even if you don't have kids, guys, pick up. There is a monster at the end of this book by lovable, furry old Grover. It's a, it's a fucking good read. It's a good read. And I was doing the uh, Schwarzenegger, and he just laughed his ass off. My wife took a little video of it, and uh, she wants to post it on Facebook. But I feel like my Schwarzenegger wasn't strong enough in the actual clip. Because, you know, after you do an accent for a while, sometimes it just you start to lose it. You know, after a few minutes. But the first part was very strong, but she wasn't taping that. So she started taping the middle. And it doesn't matter. You're never gonna you're never gonna hear this this thing. I uh she just told you I did a perfect Arnold Schwarzenegger. Anyway, the shit that the kid knows like I can make him laugh. Which is good because previously he was only laughing at Sarah, and as a comedian that was very offensive to me. You know, my own child was offending me deeply. But the things he, he he does now, he waves at you. It's fucking adorable. I mean, I you know, I like this kid. What can I say? He's a great kid. Which is why I I I'm still like I I'm trying not to lose my shit, but I don't like the way some kids interact with my kid. I don't know how to handle that. You know, like there's there's this little baby today at music class sarah takes him to this music class that's for little babies and um i wasn't there because it's all ladies and i said to sarah i don't want to go because it's all women she goes oh it'll be fine you just come on but i didn't do it and then when she got back today she was like yeah there was like three women just breastfeeding the whole time in the circle and she said you would have been really uncomfortable and i would have been i tell you staying home with the kid it's gonna be difficult for me you know it's just it's so um, lady-based, all of the activities, and it's just, it's, you know, hey, moms, come along, and occasionally they'll even put in brackets, and dads, you're welcome too, but I know I'm not, and I, and I, I can feel it. If I show up to a thing, e- even if the majority are women, and there's a couple of guys, they're all the ladies always looking at the guys, and they're like, well, you know, I wanted to breastfeed, and I wanted to, I wanted to walk around nude and show off my lady parts. You know, I wanted to be free, but I can't be with this perverted man here. That's just the way I see it. I'm Perhaps it's just projection, you know, but uh, anyway, this little fucking kid at music class, this is according to my wife, he came all the way across the room like a bat out of hell because Sam had, had a maraca in his hand. Sam's good with the maracas, I tell you. He shakes that little fucking thing. He's he's great. He's a great little Morocco player. Um, loves Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine. <laughs> I don't know. We should play some of that. Maybe he'll you know use the Morocco along with it. Anyway, he's got the he's got the little thing. He's shaking it. He's having a great time. And uh, this other little kid just comes beeline straight across the room and doesn't just try to grab it from Sam. Like kind of belts him in the face. You know, 
and to try to take it. And, of course, Sam starts crying. But because he's Sam, he didn't give up to Maraca. He will not. This, that little bastard, he thought, you know, I'll just go over and bully him and take the thing. And while he did upset Sam, there was no way he was prying that Maraca out of that kid's little meat hook of a fist. Because he's just, he's as strong as an ox. Sensitive boy. He's a, he's, he's a, you know, he's a lover, not a fighter. But he could be a fighter. He's he's strong as an ox, this kid. So when that other kid was desperately trying to get the maraca from him, no, sir, no dice. You do not get this maraca. This is mine. But he was very upset, and as you as you would be. You know, you don't know much about the world, and all of a sudden some beast comes running over and belts you in the face. That ain't right. You know, and my instinct is to teach Sam to punch that kid in the head. I don't think that's the proper instinct. I don't know what you do in that situation. Apparently, the lady who who owned the child, she didn't uh, do anything about it. She just kind of came over and got her kid and walked away. And Sarah was like, she should have apologized or or something. And uh, Sarah was like, maybe she was mad at me because I didn't tell Sammy needed to share. And this is a big thing, by the way. Kids are supposed to share all the time for no fucking reason. And I don't agree with it. If you're playing with a thing and then someone comes over and just grabs it and this is you're supposed to share, even though these kids can't speak yet, you know, overall, that's, that's the type of shit that happens. Like, that's not right. I was, I don't know if I talked about it on this podcast before. There was, there was some lady wrote an article about it, actually, about how she tells her kid, no, you don't have to share if you're using your thing. That's not how sharing works. And she gave the analogy. She said, imagine if you were on your uh, cell phone. You were just talking on your cell phone and another person walked over and just grabbed your phone and started using it and said, no, you're supposed to share. Like, that's that's not how the world works. And so this kid, like Sam, all he has in the world at that moment is his, this maraca. He thinks, this is the only thing I own. And then this kid comes over and just tries to take it. I mean, yeah, you're going you're gonna to kick and scream. Fuck that little asshole. This is, it's going to be a struggle for me, ladies and gentlemen. It's going to be a struggle uh, in all aspects of raising this child. I feel ill-prepared. I feel ill-equipped. I feel ill-informed. And I feel ill, actually. I still, I, I'm dizzy, which is why I'm going to wrap this podcast up right now. I'm going to go upstairs, try to watch Westworld, unless I get that seasick, wavy thing again, and then I vomit. I also have to go upstairs and draft an email. An email to corporate about how they shouldn't close the daycare center. That's that's what that was the advice Beardy gave me. He said, you got to contact them, please. He said, please contact them, because I, I tell you, I. I'm going to I'm not going to tell you what I'm supposed to tell you. I'm going to tell you what I am going to tell you. That's what he said to me, because he's a fucking douche. <laughs> These guys, they, they always they always think they're going to you're going to be on their side when they they tell you the the info that it's such a stupid thing to do because if i went to his boss and said this is what that guy just said to me he'd be in trouble you shouldn't do that anyway is so he said i'm i'm going to tell you what i am going to tell you and that's uh i'm i'm opposing this from all fronts we're 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 trying to get this decision reversed we've got the personal trainer who signed a petition we've done a thing and i'm like well good for you beardy good for you the enemy of my enemy is beardy and he's my friend. 
I got to go draft a, an email, just like Beardy has instructed me to do. I'm going to send it off. No one's going to listen to it. They're going to close the fucking thing down anyway. It's like the Vietnam protests. It's like the one percenter Wall Street protests. No, no, nothing ever happens. You never change anything. Corporates made a decision for financial reasons. Obviously, that's the only reason they do anything. And they don't give a shit about me or Sam or Beardy. Oh, the greed. Always holding down the little guy. Corporate Canada. God damn it. So thanks so much for listening. This is Mark Joseph Bennett. I'll talk to you again soon. Maybe I'll bring Beardy on the podcast. The two of us will hang out together in the Toyota Prius recording studio. It'll be great. I'll bring Nick along too. Nick the bodybuilder. There's enough room for all three of us in here. Beardy can teach us both how to grunt in the gym really loud and then strut away like an asshole. It'll be fantastic. I'll check in with you again soon. I said shut up. Good night.